Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, i got to turn my mic on. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the third and final hour today of the Live With Me show. Frank, appreciate you calling in. 26944, I should say listening. Very much appreciate when you call and give us your thoughts, uh, especially if they're contrary to me. 269-441-9595. Or, your, or you can email me at rank, R-E-N-K-I-E, no, R-E-N-K at townsquaremedia.com. So, like Holly. Holly writes, rank, Lindsey Graham never used the word assassinate from what I've seen. The media used it. He said the only way to stop this is if someone takes out Putin. He could have meant remove him from power. It was inappropriate, but we should change. We shouldn't change his quote. Well, I don't. I'd have to see what his quote was. And I just pulled this up with Holly and I thought it felt went, uh, well there. I'll have to double check that quote. But I think. You're right, Holly. He should always be uh, quoted correctly, and I, I, I do believe I have it here somewhere. And uh, but we all know he didn't mean take him out on a date or remove him from power. Uh, he meant to kill him. Uh, in, in so yes, I agree. We should quote him correctly. But you know, my opinion when I heard him saying, I, I, I knew it was he wanted him assassinated. 269-441-9595. President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, was a member of the Black Students Association at Harvard University that invited Leonard Jeffries, a former professor who is a anti-Semite racist. That's who Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Brown, or I should say Brown Jackson. I can't always get that first name wrong. Uh, Mrs. Jackson. Let's just put it that way. Part of the Black Students Association brought in and listened to a known anti-Semitic racist. Jeez, I wonder if Trump would have done that. What people might have said. Hmm. I have no idea. Do you? I already, already went through all of that stuff. So let's go to one more piece of information, and then I'll go to the phone lines. So you guys hold on. Coming right to you, as well as there's uh, plenty of phone lines now with my new studio. I had a shortage before. Now I have an abundance. So fill them up. 269-441-9595. Yesterday, the U.S. Senate apparently passed Michigan Senator Gary Peters' proposal to reform the Postal Service finances. So how did Gary Peters and the Republicans and Democrats who signed on to this, there was a 79 to 19 vote. So there were definitely Republicans who signed on to this. How did they deal or how are they going to deal with the Postal Service's finances? You know, how they're in such big trouble. 
And why is it Peters? He's the chairman of the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. They oversee the Postal Service. They know that the Postal Service is in big, big problems when it comes to debt and what they owe. They say this will fix or help them save $50 billion over a decade. What is that? Uh, you no longer have to pre-fund your health benefits for employees. That's the solution. And if I'm reading this correctly, and that's how it's being reported in the Democrats' own paper, the Detroit Free Press, Peters has introduced the Senate version of a reform bill that gets rid of a requirement that the Postal Service pre-fund health benefits for employees. So what are we doing? This is how we're going to fix the problem, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the Postal Service's owing so much or, or uh, in the red every year. Uh, we're just going to stop them from uh, having to fund the uh, health care uh, and probably pensions eventually of everybody. So in a year from now, in two years from now, in 10 years from now, we got another crisis. And that crisis is what? Underfunded healthcare accounts for postal people. Oh, and, you know, if that happens, we got to bring in the uh, uh, the taxpayer to pay for that. I, again, unless I'm missing something here, and I don't believe I am, I rarely do these days, that's how they're, they're just shifting it. That'd be like you saying, uh, let's say you owe um, money in your house, but yet you're not making enough money to live each week each month. So you just stop. Here's your solution. This would be Gary Peters' solution and the 78 others, Republicans and Democrats who voted for this in the U.S. Senate. Oh, well, then just just stop paying your mortgage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I got plenty of money. Cool. Thanks, Gary. Oh, how about uh, just stop paying your utilities? I don't, I don't know. The Board of Water and Light in Lansing, stop paying them. That'll give you more money. Oh, great. Thanks, Gary. That's a great idea. Oh, you just don't have enough money to afford all your lifestyle right now? You know, just stop paying your car note. Oh, well, that helped. Wow. Wonder why you're a U.S. senator. I'm not as smart as you. <laughs> That's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. We will solve the problem of the U.S. Postal Service and their... their uh, Debt, and they're running in the red by not making them prefund their uh, future health care cost. Wow. Pathetic. That's what's going on. They're pathetic. Let's go to the phone lines. And Steve, Steve was, was uh, pointed out by a last caller and uh, about something you said concerning Cara. And you wanted to respond to that, Steve? Right, Rank. I appreciate that. Uh, what I said, and maybe he kind of half heard me, because he, I think his name was Dan or Dave. Um, we're on the same team. The situation is, is that the district changed, and Steve Kira is moving from Three Rivers to the to the new 4th Congressional District in order to run. Oh, so that's, oh that's right. So Steve is can't even run. He has to move to run. Absolutely. So, but here's the th also rank. Here's the thing. Okay, fifty no, percent of the district, approximately fifty. Hold on. Didn't he move to run to get the state rep position too? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yep, he did. Uh, 
just want to be open and honest with the facts. Okay. Right. Um, when you look at the redistrict, 50% of the district Fred Upton now represents. And these are approximate numbers. 40% of the district is now represented by Bill Heisinger. That other 10% was, uh, was Peter Meyer. That's what you basically got, can okay? You, can you repeat that again, please? 50% of the district is represented right now by Fred Upton. 40% of the district right now is represented by Bill Heisinga, and about 10% of the district is Peter Meyer. And then again, those are rough numbers, okay? okay? Right. You look at a map, you can see it, all right? So here's the deal. It's kind of like uh, the All-Star game. You've got the National League and the American League playing. So let's say Fred Upton is the National League because he likes the Cubs. He's a Cubby fan. I know him well. He's a Cubby fan. Let's say he's, he's the National League, and Dave or Dan and I and others are the American League. Okay? All fine and good when you go one-on-one, kind of like Tim Wahlberg did when he beat Joe Schwartz. He ran... Uh, two years before that, and there was three or four guys running or two or three guys running, and Tim Wahlberg, I think, took, even took third. Might have taken second, but took third. But he comes back and runs against Joe Schwartz and beat him, okay? Same thing here. So basically, the American League team, now what they're going to do is they're going to take the American League team, and they're going to put uh, 70% of their all-stars, their all-stars from the American League on one team, and 30% on the other team, and now they're going to play against the National League. So the, the 70% gets to play against the National League, and the 30% gets to play later on. It's not too hard to understand that more than likely the National League is going to win. Now let me bring it to this congressional district. You've got Steve Kara and you've got uh, Bill Heisinger running. Bill Heisinger has the highest... American Conservative Union rating of any congressman in Michigan. Better than Tim Wahlberg. So are we going to support Bill Heisinger against Fred Upton in order to defeat him? Are we going to support Steve Kara in order to hopefully, uh, hopefully defeat him? It ain't going to happen if you've got two people in the race like that. And I just looked, saying back to Dave or Dan, whatever his first name was, and I apologize for that. You need to consider, if you vote for Steve Kara, you're voting to reelect Fred Upton. Steve Kara needs to get out of the race. I wrote him a personal letter. I sent it to him, and guess what? I don't know what he's doing, but from what I've heard from other people, his ego is so high because he's... Well, now, hold on. Now, that last caller said Steve gets back to people. Has he gotten back to you yet? Steve Kara? Yes. I just sent the letter off about a week or two ago, so you gotta, I'd have to wait. I'd have to give okay. him some grace. All right. Okay. All right. So your point being, thanks, Steve, for calling in. Your point being is that uh, you're, you're not looking at this emotionally from the perspective of wanting one person or the other to win. Uh, you're looking at what you believe is the best probability of someone to beat Upton because you want Upton beat is what Steve is saying there. And that's why he brought in what he um, just called in to say. So it's not a, an emotional uh, attachment or liking. You may like Steve and his policies and everything about him better than Bill. The point being, he's looking at numbers.
he's looking at 40% of the, roughly, as he said, of the district already is under Bill Heisinger, so they know him. 50 is under uh, Upton. They know him. The other 10 will be fought over by whomever, by Pete, what used to be Pete Myers' um, district. So I think that's what he's trying to say there, and he is right. When you're going up against an incumbent, be that a Democrat or Republican or whomever, if there's more than one person running in the primary, that helps the incumbent. And they want that. An incumbent either wants nobody running against them in the primary or a lot of people running against them in the primary. You listen to Live with Frank. We'll be right back after this with what Lindsey Graham actually said i found the quote who was right and who maybe not so and not i guess i should, i don't want to put up that put it that way uh was my opinion or what i thought was right or wrong you'll learn coming up right after this live with rank thank you very much for that congressional leaders did what the bums do all the time and why do i call them bums because they're still not passing budgets they just reached a bipartisan deal yesterday or today. It says Wednesday, so very early this morning, a bipartisan deal of $1.5 trillion to keep the government open for the rest of the year. I can't remember. During Trump's time when the Republicans were running, I don't remember. Did they pass real budgets or not? I don't remember. It started with Obama. They refuse to pass a real budget under Obama, and it's continuing today. Now, $13.6 billion will go to Ukraine and European allies to help them with the war, and I guess to help them in Poland and Romania and wherever else they're taking in refugees. $13.6 billion. $1.5 trillion, though, to fund the government for the rest of the year, and again, no budgeting process. There's no budget. It's just this stopgap baloney. Oh, man. When will it ever end? Let's go to the phone lines. And from what I'm being here, uh, told here, Battle Creek, what number are you on here? There you are. Will, thanks a lot for holding on. Welcome. Hey, good morning, Rank. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Okay. Um, about eliminating uh, Putin, um, I don't know if you brought this up. Oh, oh. couple days. About, May I speak? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, Will. And I even told you at break, I wanted to do this and we'll come back. I mean, he just reminded me because I don't want people to think I forgot. So it came up about what did Lindsey Graham really say? Did he say that he was looking to assassinate? Well, if you look at one quote, he said, quote, the only way this ends is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country and the world a great service, end quote. So he's... Uh, th that last emailer, she was correct. It is actually, uh, there's no assassination. Now, I can read into it that he's talking about assassination. He's not talking about going on a date. Now, that's just me having fun. Uh, or the country removing him. Because he won't be removed without being killed. Now, I don't even have to go that far. Because there was another quote, and I remember seeing this. He said prior to that quote, I believe. Here it is. Quote, there is a brute, is there? Is there, Lindsey Graham asked the question, quote, is there a Brutus, a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the Russian military, end quote? 
Well, Brutus assassinated Julius Caesar. And Stauffenberg attempted to assassinate Adolf Hitler. So it was about assassination. Now, Will, go. Okay. Hey, um, the only thing is, have you reported over the last two or three days about Putin possibly having terminal cancer? Putin what? I, I'm sorry, you kind of got wobbly that, there. Okay. That Putin is suffering from um, bowel cancer? I've never heard that. Really? I have not heard that, so it's, I didn't uh, report it. It is uh, being reported primarily in Europe. Um, that he does, and they're quoting sources that are Pentagon, uh, is possibly indicating that he does. Well, I mean, if he does, then he even has less to lose because he's trying to make his uh, mark. Legacy. uh, uh, Before his legacy, right. And his legacy is to uh, death and destruction and leave everybody to look at their army as number one. They're not as good as everybody uh, thought they were. Number two is they are uh, not a professional army. They're killing women and children and not by uh, just uh, collateral damage. They're actually uh, targeting them. Right. I just wondering if you had heard anything about that. No, I heard nothing. So if you have anything, please email it to me. I'd love to see that. Okay. The only only thing is it's saying that in uh, February of 2020 that he went underwent emergency uh, uh, surgery, and it sounds like it possibly could have been colon cancer, and they didn't get it. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm not sure. So if you find anything, let me know. Okay, Will? Okay. And I'll do a quick search if I remember. I, again, I'm in the middle of the show. I may or may not remember. Thank you uh, for calling in, 269-441-9595. Let me take a quick break, come back, so I have enough time to give Nicole and Melanie the time they deserve. Lines are open, 269-441-9595. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. I appreciate that. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to me, Rank, on the Live with Rank Show. Thank you for that. The Obama administration through Jen Psaki, Obama, and others, excuse me, not Obama, Biden, uh, they say that they're not standing in the way of oil companies making any money. They have 9,000 leases. And we went through all that. I played that audio clip of uh, David uh, Osmond from the Fox business, uh, just basically debunking it all. And here's a question then. Put all that aside. Ask them to name one thing they're doing to encourage U.S. production of oil. Just one thing, to encourage the U.S. production of oil. Talking about Biden, did you hear him yesterday? Here it is. Listen to this. He's at some... In Texas somewhere with two Democrat congressmen and one Republican, whatever they're pushing for, I, I'm not sure. I think it's nothing big. The two Democrat politicians are uh, I standing behind them. They look pretty buff, black guys. The one Republican I couldn't see a picture of. So I'm not understanding exactly what he's talking about here. But listen to this. Two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball. And the other one looks like he could bomb you. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball. And the other one looks like he could bomb you. So two of them play ball. So what, you're, you're looking at these uh, black gentlemen, congressmen, and say, oh, I'm sure they probably played basketball or football. Well, that's bigotry. Or racism, right? 
And then the guy who's going to bomb him? What? I don't even understand where he's coming from. That is who is leading this country. Think about that. Let's go back to the phone lines. And from Kalamazoo, we're going to speak with, uh, let me see here, Nicole. Good morning, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rank. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. Okay. <laughs> There's just so well, much I've... that I report on and so much I have to research and so much I don't report on. I have to be honest with you. Sometimes it is, uh, it is heavy. It is heavy with oh. what's going on and what, what uh, like the, the woman uh, governor from Kim Reynolds, I think her name was, from Iowa, who gave the response to the State of the Union address. When is this insanity going to end is what I right. keep asking. And, and that's actually kind of um, what I'm calling to speak of regarding the little debate between uh, Steve and Dan. And uh, Steve, the caller, sounded and said that he, he liked Steve Cara, but the numbers game was for Upton. That's the issue. We are tired as a nation of the numbers game. We are tired of the na- as a nation of politics as usual. That is why we voted, into tr- voted Trump into office twice even though the second one wasn't recognized by the establishment. So we need to move the establishment out and get fresh blood. These guys are stale. They're absolutely stale. They're like zombies. They are so entrenched in the, this is how we do it, that they don't even listen to their constituents. They are yes men. Do you believe in this? Oh, yes. Do you believe that? Oh, yes. I'm going to say anything to you to get your vote. Steve Carter is not like that. And so I think, I, I think while... The numbers game is correct. There's the 50, 30, 10, whatever. We're tired. West Michigan is tired of Upton. We've been tired of Upton for decades. And now that we have two establishment people running, you know, hopefully that'll split the vote and everyone will go with Steve. That's my hope. Well, and again, the, the what that other gentleman was talking about was just a numbers game. He believes Heisinger has a better chance to beat Upton than Steve does, than Kara does. And that's that's what he was trying to explain. And you're right. And I, and you're I, right about the numbers game. I, I, I'm with you. I hear it. You hear me all. I don't know how much you listen to me, Nicole, but I'm always talking about getting rid of a lot of people. I don't know. I don't know Bill, uh, his background enough because he was not in any of my uh, districts and I just didn't report about him often. Uh, I, I, I do know he is has a very high ranking for conservative. But again, even taking that stuff away, uh, I've got to learn more about it before I can make a judgment on someone. But I do, agree, my thought is that uh, if you guys are tired of Upton, uh, you then need to decide who. You, what do you think is your best chance. So right. you're hoping it then happens in a different way where Upton and Heisinga split the... Uh, what would you call it vote the establishment the vote. establishment vote and steve would come in with the non-establishment vote the question i have for you then would be in the district how big of a non-establishment vote is there is there enough in the district <clears throat> to carry him to victory in the primary well i even think there's some establishment people who have jumped ship because we've backed trump we are MAGA people we're not Republicans. We're MAGA people, right? We are make America right. great again. We are patriots, and we want someone who's going to bring Michigan to the forefront 
of America and and as a leader, a, a leader in states of, of you know, energy production and bring back our manufacturing industry. We want someone to do that. We need someone to do that. And the gentlemen, the, the two gentlemen that have already been there, haven't done that for us. Okay. All right, Nicole. So you cool. <laughs> That's about it. All right. Well, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate that very, very much. 269-441-9595. Someone has a thought, different thought. Tim writes, Rank, just listen to the caller who cited that the new congressional district consists of 50% Upton territory, 40% Hyzinga territory, and 10% Meyer territory. There is a flaw in his proposed theory. It appears to assume that the 50% Upton is still with Upton. I have lived in Upton's district for years and can't wait to vote him out. I plan to cast my vote for Heisinga. So if Heisinga holds his 40% constituency, probably, and picks up even half of Meyer's constituency, he needs to pick up only 6% from Upton's constituency. There are many from Upton's constituency who will leave him in a heartbeat. Remember, Algan, Van Buren, and Cass County Republicans, he's done. Again, I think that Steve was that, that caller was not making any assumptions other than to put out this is the facts that we have to look at. Many people know there are uh, uh, people who are not happy with Upton, but also why has he been elected all these years is a, is a big question. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five, or you can email me at rank R E as an excellent N K at townsquaremedia.com. Let's go back to the phone lines and speak with uh, Melanie from Plainwell. Good morning, Melanie. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Rank. How are you? I am uh, dealing with all of the, as I said, uh, I, I'm nothing but honest. There's people in radio who say, "Well, just be positive," and you know, and and I want to be positive, and and don't tell them what you really think. Well, you ask me, I I tell you, it is heavy. It's getting heavier and heavier to do all the research I do, of which ninety percent probably doesn't even get to you guys. Uh, and seeing all the bad that's out there. I have children. I assume one day I'll have grandchildren, and I'm extremely worried about them. And again, it's not the person like a Biden, what I told people about Obama, don't worry about Obama, worry about the people who would vote for him. Well, wasn't I proven correctly in the 2020 election? So I'm worried that those people again will install someone uh, that will continue this this downgrading, this beating down of America. That's what I'm worried about. That brings me to this congressional race that we've been debating between Upton, Heisinga, and uh, Kara. And I, at first, I differ a bit in the characterization of what Steve says as facts. This is the, his assertion is a political uh, trend, and it's, uh, it doesn't talk about the, the current times, which are different. You, in fact, have two incumbents. Heisinger is an incumbent. Right. And Upton is an incumbent. Right. And the people, I think, I agree with uh, Nicole, your previous caller, people are tired of the incumbent. If we had an incumbent who was a Jim Jordan, you know, a member of the Freedom Caucus, uh, you know, he would have a much better chance uh, to be elected. And But Steve Cara is endorsed by Trump. Uh, I'm sure he's planning to become a member of the Freedom Caucus. This is a big deal. 
this, these are people who are willing to actually stand and fight for the people and, and to fight for America. And Heisinger, while he's not as offensive as Upton, he hasn't been a fighter. He hasn't stood out among his peers to show us that he's the kind of guy that's going to help uh, turn our country back in the right direction. And so I think those old political rules of thumb uh, are not in play here, that what we might find is the people who think an establishment incumbent is a better choice than a newcomer will vote for Heisinger. And uh, very few people, I think, in the end will vote for Upton. Um, and I, I think Kara uh, will have a very good chance. And a lot of it has to do with his ability to get name recognition and support. But personally, I would like to advocate for him across the state, because if Michigan even had one congressman who is a member of the Freedom Caucus, it would make a difference. All right. So then let me ask you this. There is another election after the primary. So with the position Steve has taken in his freshman year as, a, as, a, as an elected politician, is that going to be able to win the, the district? So because there's you get past the primary, you still got to win the general. And believe me, I'm on the side of uh, people who are ready to to uh, buck the trend out there. True. And so you guys heard me, your... but I'm also someone who needs who looks at uh, the lesser of two evils and the what chances. What is your uh, um, understanding of this current this new district in terms of you know the because they characterize the districts as Republican-leaning or Democrat-leaning? I think they characterize it as Republican-leaning. Uh, but so, I so tried to, me, to... But hold on. I tried to have someone come on from uh, the Republican Party to discuss it, and they just won't come on. I, I, I think... Uh, I don't know what's going on. I have my thoughts. Well, but I think you're right. I think it is Republican-leaning. I don't think there's a single Republican in our district who will vote for the Democrat um, because, you know, everybody is disgusted. I mean, I would imagine even if Fred Upton were nominated, we'd still vote for him over the Democrat. Um, but, Why? But I so, well, he, he, you know, the old adage, he's, he might be, uh, let's say, 60-40 uh, split in his votes but that's still a majority where he takes the right side. So, it, I mean, you don't want another Democrat. You don't want to not gain the majority for our party. But that's what I'm saying. We have this great opportunity here to actually elect someone who will not just be a, a Republican vote, but will be a Republican um, instigator, a motivator, a, a someone who's going to bring some new perspective and life. And I just can't see that it makes any sense for us to walk away from that chance because being safe and voting for a Heisinger, because uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. He hasn't stood out. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't pissed a bunch of Republicans off like Upton, but he, he's not, he has been there and he's proven he's not a leader. He's not, he's not the kind of guy that's going to make a difference. So All right. I, I just I think it's clear you, we have to vote for for Kara and not fall prey to the argument that, you know, oh, well, he's going to lose. So he should just drop out. All right. Hold on, Melanie. I need to talk to you about an educational issue at the break there. So I okay. appreciate that. 
Melanie often calls in about educational issues that she's deeply into. 269-441-9595 if you have a thought. One segment left. Also, Michael emails me and brings up a, a good point and a point that I think relates to what I was saying about the heaviness of what's going on out there. Mike writes, ask your listeners who supported the current president and this agenda that is clearly putting our country in a desperate situation. And then he puts it in bold black. Where are you Biden signs now? Or where are your Biden signs now that were in your yards? In my travels, I see Trump signs everywhere. They don't support him now? Question mark. He's a good point. Where are their, their signs? Don't know. You listen live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You listen live with Rank. Thank you very, very much for that. Former top Trump official argues Biden's Russian sanctions are half measures and contain loopholes. Now, I know those of you will say, well, of course, it's a former Trump official. I get it. And I get your suspicion. But think of this. While Biden's executive order, this is what's written, bans any U.S. citizen from transacting with the, uh, the RCB, the section of the order used to enforce that ban rules out extending sanctions to apply to foreign individuals or financial institutions. I was wondering today, uh, I thought to myself driving in this morning, well, why aren't we going and sanctioning Turkey and China and everybody who is buying oil or helping fund the war machine that is killing innocent people. If it was just killing soldiers, that's one thing. Killing innocent people. Because Biden sanctions only apply to U.S. citizens. Not foreign individuals or financial institutions. So that's why he, he said that it's not, uh, there are loopholes. And then you got this. Russian diplomat praised Iranian negotiators ahead of the public announcement of an updated deal that would presumably reduce international sanctions on their oil and gas in exchange for limiting their civilian nuclear program. Quote, Iranian colleagues are fighting for their national interests like lions. They fight for every comma, every word, and as a rule, quite successfully. I am absolutely sincere in this regard when I say that the Iran got much more than it could expect. Our Chinese friends were also very efficient and useful as co-negotiators. I can recollect, recollect dozens of such cases when, on rather serious, significant questions, we managed together to get positive results close to what we wanted to achieve. Yes, you could say that's a Russian saying it. You might be right. But I'm just giving you the information. There's a lot going on that we don't know. Do you really want to go to war over there? Again, it's the battle between the heart and the mind. I'm in that same battle. I'm in that exact same battle. My heart says, help them. Militarily. Like, no fly zone. My mind says, are you insane? That then just gives the crazy man, or maybe he's not so crazy. If he was truly crazy, put it this way, Putin was truly crazy, he wouldn't have waited for a few months after Biden's put into office and the Democrats are in control 
to start amassing troops. And he literally, a few months later, started doing that. He could have done it during Trump's time when they were uh, causing all the problems between Russia and in uh, our, our country, the, the Democrats were. They didn't. They didn't. No, they're worried about defunding back then, defunding the police and everything else they had to do. Florida's Republican-dominated legislature passed a bill yesterday. And what that bill does, you're going to hear everybody say it's the don't say gay bill. Almost every single news organization, I mean, across the country, said it was the don't say gay bill. It's a complete lie. It is so obvious how biased these people are. I, no one, no one with common sense cannot say that the media is extremely biased anymore. This bill that was passed in Florida that everybody's freaking out about, you even had these Florida Democrat women walking down a hallway. These are uh, elected, I, I don't know if they're state or, or uh, congressional. Listen to what they were saying. So they're singing gay, gay, gay to smoke on the water. It has nothing to do with gay. They're lying. All the media out there. I found one, one, one station, excuse me, one news organization, Fox 35 in Orlando, local, that literally called it the right thing. All this bill does is forbid instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity to five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and seven-year-olds. The Democrats want to teach five, six, seven-year-olds, so kindergarten through third grade, about homosexuality, about uh, gender identity, or else they wouldn't be fighting against it. They all voted against this, and they say it's the gay bill. It has nothing to do with gay. I would be... So, how many parents who care about their children would be at the door of the principal of a high of a their elementary school or ki kindergarten school when you find out you're teaching my kid anything to do with sex as a kindergartner as a first second or third grader you've got to be kidding me and again this is an ex exact excellent example that they give us to show you how biased how pathetic these people are how they will lie straight to your face. Why do you think I say, to be mean, do you think I say these people look into a mirror and see nothing? There's no soul in them. They don't see anything. I don't know. They must get other people to do their hair or whatever, makeup. If they're women, men do their hair. I don't know. Because they can't look into a mirror and see something, looking back at them. If they can lie with something so provable. And, and to teach, you want to teach my kids that at kindergarten? Ain't going to happen. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m. You listen live with Rank. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.